This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, Andy Goldstein, your host, who, of course, still can't smell or taste anything. But don't worry, that will come back in the next two or three. It could be years. No, it won't be. It will be days. By the end of the week, I'll be fine. Yes, I will. Or not. I'll wait. doesn't matter. I can wait. And if I was going to wait, I'll be listening to these podcasts. Awful link. Uh, We begin with Laura Woods' first ever show as official TalkSport breakfast host. She was joined this morning on her show by Darren Bent, and they were joined by Gary Lineker, and he was having his say on how the football season should end. Bigger, bolder, and better than ever. There is the winner! This is TalkSport Breakfast with Laura Woods. Obviously, legally, it would be easier um, right across the board if, if they could finish the league. Whether mm. that's possible or not, I don't know. And if it's not, you tell me. I don't know. Mm. When do they start again? Do they start in June, July, August? Um, it's And then does it run in? The one thing I'll say, though, at the moment is that the players are having their rest now. I mean, it's not the rest that they would want. It's not the holiday they would want. But um, So once they get back, a couple of weeks training, um, start the season again. They certainly wouldn't need another pre-season between the seasons and they could start conceivably if they get it, if they get playing early enough, they can start immediately uh, into next season. Gary, thank you so much for Thanks, joining Gary. us thank this you. morning. Um, I know you're going to keep yourself busy so we'll let you go back and, and read some more books, listen to some more music. Yeah, I'm really busy. Yeah, get, really back in, <laughs> get back in the gym. Yeah. All <laughs> um, right. It was and, lovely uh, to hear from you. Good luck to you, Laura, in your new role. Thank you. I really yeah. appreciate that. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Now, of course, regular listeners to the podcast will know that legally we have to have at least one person on the podcast who's got no hair that's bald. And, of course, it's usually Danny Murphy that ticks that box, and it's Danny Murphy in this podcast that ticks it. So, well done to him. This is Danny explaining why he thinks isolating Premier League teams in hotels is a way of resuming the season, and a great idea. I mean, before we hear this, let me just say, Danny possibly one of the worst ideas I've ever heard because of course it's not just 22 players running onto a pitch obviously if we are going to watch these games on telly you know you've got uh, you've got the managers obviously then you've got the the physio and the medical team and the doctors then you've got the ball boys in the stadium then you've got the uh, the producer of uh, of the show because it's going to get out on telly you've got the director then you've got the cameraman then you've got the sound then you've got EVS people that do the sort of action replays and then you've got all the people got to lay all the cables um, and then, of course, if they are going to go in a hotel, then you've got the hotel workers. 
possibly the worst idea I've ever heard. But let's hear your view, Danny, as to why it's a good idea. Mm, let's hear. I think in principle, it's a fantastic idea. I think it's doable. You think it's doable? Yeah, I think I think if you can isolate a Premier League squad and its staff in a hotel, that that's normal anyway. You just the, just like an international tournament, kind of, but stricter. Look, there's legs in it, and I, and I think I think the good thing is that even if it doesn't happen, that they are trying to think outside the box here. There is no ideal way of resolving this season. The reason it's not going to be ideal is because we're so used to what we normally get. The full stadiums, the fair, the fairness of all of that, I understand. But because of this coronavirus and because of this unprecedented, these unprecedented times that we're in, we have to find a way. Sure. And if this is if this is feasible, and and, and there will be some issues like any, but give me a scenario of finishing the season that doesn't create problems. Now we can hear an interview with the Renault driver Daniel Ricciardo on life during the coronavirus lockdown with TalkSport's motor correspondent, Andy J. Andy J, that can't be... That's like me and Cundy, Andy and Jay. That's not someone's name, is it? Andy J, I've never heard of him. Andy J. Well, let's find out if Andy J is real. I've certainly treated this period like, um, let's say, in-season routine, as opposed to, you know, holiday mode and and off-season. So, yeah, I, I am getting up and you know I'll normally do like uh, it's kind of like stretching slash yoga uh, like first thing in the morning so before I'll do breakfast or anything I'll, I'll get out and do that um, and then yeah I'll, I'll eat and, and train and yeah so I guess I am following routine as if I was competing you know next weekend for example. Have you been giving yourself any sort of luxury that you wouldn't ordinarily be doing like a little bit of extra Netflix time or a couple of extra bags of crisps or anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, definitely. T- TV time is is certainly uh, it's certainly there for the taking now, and I'm I'm, I'm really restricting that to the evenings though. Um, once once I've kind of done my or prioritised my day, but uh, yeah, I mean, the last thing I watched was Tiger King, which was just <laughs> beyond beyond. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but yeah. it is it is it is out there. It's nuts! It's nuts! What a dude! It is nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, so that that that's like, I I believe that show was built for quarantine. Back now to the Laura Woods Breakfast Show. Is it called the Laura Woods Breakfast Show? I think it should be the Laura Woods Breakfast Show with Laura Woods on her show. Of course, she was alongside Darren Bent. That Amir Khan on, and he was offering up a property for use by the NHS. So I've got a 60,000 square foot building which I want to make into a banquet hall and uh, restaurants and stuff like that. So uh, there's a lot of space in there. So I've seen all the all the talks about the hospital, you know, not letting people in because there's too many patients and stuff like that. And so what I've decided to do is give that to the victims who are suffering from coronavirus so they can get looked after and they can get treated in that place at the wedding hall, which is supposed to be. And, um, and uh, that way... It doesn't spread out and they don't really... Uh, so it's like one base for everyone. So that's what I'm thinking, thinking of giving it to the NHS. Time now to turn our attention to TalkSport 2. Mark Crosley was on, of course, the former Forest goalkeeper. And here he is with a story about Brian Clough, young Matt Brian Clough. He was talking to Paul Coy. Now then, young man. I mean, no one can really do that impression. Let's find out if Mark Crosley does one. Well, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I really don't know. 
had six years with him. He gave me my debut in football and he taught me not only about football but about respect and how to treat people, how to speak to people. Um, he was probably, I would say, a second father to me in the way that he managed. Yeah. He was he, he, he was awesome. Uh, a lot of people know the story about when he made me play for his, his son's Sunday league team, having played against uh, Liverpool, Newcastle and Coventry in one week. Yeah. Cool. He, he seen that I was getting a little bit too big for my boots, thinking, <laughs> that, I'd, thinking that I'd made it. Yeah. And and and, the, and his management style was to make me go to his house and wait. And his son Simon was a manager of a uh, Sunday League team in yeah. Division Five of uh, of the Sunday League in the Derbyshire Sunday League, and they didn't have a goalkeeper, so um, Cluffy made me play for his Sunday League team. I had no idea. And how did you do? We won 4 0, but the team got fined £50 for playing a ringer that day. <laughs> did they? And Brian Clough took the £50 out of my wages. Now, of course, uh, 1 till 4 on a weekday is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. They're coming at you like Cleopatra. Well, not like Cleopatra, actually, because they're coming at you from their own houses. Anyway, here's Paul and Andy doing what they do best. Tell you what was quite pathetic though. One game was uh, Ipswich versus Spurs. It was the first game of the season in which I, when Spurs actually went down in the seventies, and we went one 0 up. And uh, I started to get annoyed at the quality of Willie Young's. I, I was getting annoyed from nineteen seventies. <laughs> it was so typical Spurs one 0 up, and then they managed to lose three one. Oh, no. I just thought that's my evening. That's my evening ruined. That is going back to nineteen seventy. Oh, Willie Young, where were you? Terrible. Exactly. And I'm going to tell you, this voice, Andy, of yours, it does sound like you're possessed by the devil. I'm sure you're not. It's just, it's like you've tried. It does. It does. Even uh, 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 people who are liking it at the moment, Bob and Arbroath said he is sounding very much like uh, Barry White. We can understand what you're saying. You're just an octave lower. It's, it's quite, it's, it's just right down here. It's a really weird well, experience. It's like, it's like you're Barney from Napalm Death. I'm never going to give you up, that's for sure. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm Darren Goff, and this is TalkSport Daily. Time now to check in with the ginger fellow on drive. He be Adrian Darren alongside him, the cricketing legend that is Darren Goff. And on their drive show there, David Walsh, the chief sports writer at the Sunday Times and the author of Seven Deadly Sins on Drive. Sorry, the book's not called Seven Deadly Sins on Drive. The book's called Seven Deadly Sins. And he was, anyway, you understand. He was discussing the Lance Armstrong affair and the role he played in the downfall of the American cyclist. A climactic moment in the story. I was with the environmentalist Lewis Pugh and we were, we were in the Himalayas we spent we spent three and a half weeks there. Lewis was going to swim in a glacial lake up quite close to base camp. So we were I was in a place called Gorup Shep, which is like a tiny hamlet about about an hour and a half kind of south or or below base camp, an hour and a half's walk. So we were we were about twenty two thousand feet up and uh, I'm in a one man tent and at six o'clock in the morning I got a, a phone call from my Sports editor Alex Butler, and he said Floyd Landis has spilled the beans. Well, it was like I was woken at six o'clock in the morning. Himalayas was everything was covered in snow outside, and I tell you that was one of the happiest moments of my life hearing that because I knew from this the truth will come out, and uh, of course 
you know, I was in the wrong place for a guy who was being asked by his sports editor to file 3,000 words in the next 24 hours. So, but I did have a laptop with me and uh, I got one sharper to come with me back down the mountain to find an internet cafe. And I walked six hours down and about 12, 18 hours back, but we're walking back uphill. But it was a six hour journey um, downhill or down Himalayas. And I found a place that basically had a sign out said, Internet Cafe and German Patisserie in the middle of the Himalayas. I went in there and I spent about eight hours writing a 3,000 word story. And that was the single most satisfying story that I, I've written in my life. And I, 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 was, I was very grateful for the job that Floyd Landis had done in putting all this stuff out there. But from that, I knew the game was up for Lance. No, it would take two years for, for it all to play out. But I really did feel after that, the truth was bound to emerge. Time now to check in with Danny Kelly. He was on the press box alongside Katie Price's ex-husband, Simon Jordan, and Sean Custis. And uh, you won't believe it, but 26 years ago, the three of them, Danny Kelly, Simon Jordan and Sean Custis, all went to America together. And on their show, the press box, they were looking back at USA 94. Do you think these World Cups, this is an example of one where England's absence actually means that it, it somehow seems more distant, more remote than, than other World Cups? Yeah, it probably does. And uh, from a newspaper point of view, as I worked on at the time, it was a challenge uh, to cover it and cover it to make it interesting for um, our readers. But of course, characters like Jack Charlton sort of really lit up your coverage because he was just a, I mean, total character everybody sort of loved him and there's a story i always remember about um we had a reporter on our newspaper called brian madley let's say brian brian used to knock around with ken montgomery on the sunday mirror and let's just say they both like to drink and and for years they'd been saying to me if you sit in a bar eventually the story will come to you you don't always have to go out there looking for it the story will come to you. And I used to say, I used to say, look, that's ridiculous. That you, you've got to go out there and look for it. No, I'm telling you, it's been proven over time. Story will come to you. So um, Brian and Ken were sat in a bar one day and a flustered and angry Jack Charlton came into the bar. All right, lads, I've got to have a drink. Why is that, Jack? I've just been banned, he says, by, by FIFA. Now, in those days, they didn't put out FIFA directives and massive press releases and stuff like that. So he simply told them that he had been banned from the touchline by FIFA. And it was for, if you remember, there was an incident where he was trying to get John Aldridge onto the pitch as a substitute, uh, arguing with the fourth official and the linesman. If we had mm. fourth officials, then I can't remember. But the linesman. And they got the story. Against Mexico. Simply by sitting at the bar with... With against Mexico, simply standing at, sitting at the bar when Jack Jolton came for a drink because he needed, he was so frustrated about the fact he'd been banned from the touchline. So I'll always remember that as Brian being vindicated for uh, sitting in a bar, which journalists are prone to do from time to time. And don't forget, if you want to reminisce about a tournament that England didn't qualify for, don't quite know why you'd want to do that. Who's made this? There's a one-hour documentary on this podcast channel from Christmas Day last year. What? What? Christmas Day last year, there's a documentary about a tournament England didn't qualify. Why is anyone going to... Anyway, Ireland did. They were at USA 94. And the documentary is hosted by Ray Stubbs. Again, it's a tournament we didn't qualify for. Anyway, forget that for a moment. No one's going to download that. <laughs> 
Time now for the best bits of last night's Andy Goldstein Sports Bar with me, Andy Goldstein, and Jason Cundy. And let me tell you, although it was a Monday and the first show of the week, oh, it's going to be hard to beat this one. So to Moz, the Villa fan, is up next. Oh, eight seven one seven double two double three double four. Hello, Moz. Good evening. How are you, mate? How are you? I'm not too bad at all as yourself and um, Jay. We're good. We're good. Very hey, well. Be- yeah. Before we get your Grealish views, what are you binge watching at the moment? How are you getting through your days? Basically watching uh, Channel 4's box sets on Walter Presents. <laughs> but I'm at work most of the day. I work for one of the major delivery companies. There's a lot of us out there, so I won't okay. name the company. And my wife works for one of the major supermarkets. So okay. obviously right. our it? two kids are going to school. Okay, we'll keep up the, the good work and, and remain safe as much as you can. Um, thank yeah, you for your. So we're thank... doing that, but that's that's why I'm disgusted. People like Jack Grealish and other people going out and breaking. You know, most of us would, you know, to keep safe would love to be indoors, but we're not able to be indoors because we be, we've got to be out there making sure that you get your food, you get your deliveries, you get your letters, you get this, you get that, and it's just. A disgrace when people break, break quarantine when we're out there and we don't know where or when or how we can contact it. Mm. Because there's a lot of people out there who are not key workers, getting on buses, you don't know who they are, they're all over the place, and we're being put at risk day in, day out. But when an idiot like Jack Grealish does it, that's a total disgrace. Well, look, you're a Villa fan, okay? You know, yeah. I, he will he will recover from this. This is not the worst crime in the world. He's been an idiot, um, and he's been hugely embarrassed by it. What do you think the sanctions should be? Where, as a Villa fan, what what do you want to see happen? Personally, as a football fan, if there's any footballer who does it, I'd like to see him just totally sacked and dismissed from the game. Oh, behave yourself. Behave yeah. yourself. Come on, sacked. What? Honestly, what is it with football fans about? You want him sacked? What's he going to get a two-week fine that's going to be donated to the NHS? Probably. That's not that's not a lot, is it? He has no, a but... damn sight more than that that he could donate. So if he wanted to do something, he ought to donate well, more. Well, that may well happen in the future, but under PFA rules, the club cannot fine him any more than two weeks' wages, and if that's the case, he'll, he'll take it like a man, have to take it on the chin. But you don't want him sacked. Tell me, that, tell me you don't want him sacked for this. I'm going out there. There's lots of people going out there. Yeah. He can sit at home. He can go and run in his garden. He can do whatever he wants for the hour a day. Moz. We don't need idiots going out of a night. That's what I'm saying. But well, that's it. That's uh, another podcast done. Dust. I quite enjoyed this one, actually. Remember, if you do want to download, you can go to uh, ASA. If you do not know what that stands for, well, I'm not going to say ACAR, Spotify and Apple Pods, because if you don't know, then you're, you're out the gang and you shouldn't be knowing anyway. So if you don't know what ASA stands for, then more for you. You'll probably get beaten up in the playground, get your hair pulled, then your dad will come up to school and speak to their master or mistress. That was a long time ago. I'm fine now. It's not even in my mind. I've completely forgot about it. Well, where were we? Oh, yeah. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Try and have a good day. No, have a good day. Do something you've not done before, like, I don't know, shower, get off the couch. Just go and do something. Go for a walk. I mean, it's got to be a fitness walk. You can't just go out for a walk and meet your mate. Don't meet anyone. Just be safe. Just stay away from everyone. Do what you need to do. And together, as a nation, we will get through this. And we will fight them on the beaches. No, we can't even go to the beach, can we? 
Anyway, make sure you join me and Funboy tonight from 10pm for more Sports Bar nonsense. In the meantime, have a good day. Try and have a good day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.